And it's a dangerous place to be, to go into eternity, never being able to have a chance to get out. And so we have to consider that accepting the Lord as Savior is key and most important. Today, this, in fact, the message deals with an invitation, and we'll be addressing that. But I need to really stress the point that waiting is dangerous. And we don't have a guarantee for tomorrow. And if a person says, I'm waiting, and they can't give you a reason why, then it it, it makes me shudder to think what could take place. Because some people have said that I'm going to wait to the last minute and then I'm going to ask for forgiveness real quickly. Well, you may not have that chance. I used to think that way. I'm going to do all my sinning and ask the Lord right before I die. No, the Lord had different plans. That doesn't work. So I encourage you to be sure to accept the invitation. I don't know when the funeral will be for Chucky, but just keep that in mind. Then Lonnie Roberts, as many of you know from First Missionary, faithful member there, passed away. I believe he was in the rest home. I went, in fact, Brother Val, as I was leaving the church Thursday, I was heading out. Kent was at the uh, um, mailbox and walked across and told me that Lonnie had passed. So on my way out, I just went right up to, to see Shirley. Shirley Roberts, and uh, I got on a phone call, Brother Miles and Benny Hunter, because Benny worked with him for years at the Water District, and so um, was able to get in contact with them and to let them let them know. Yeah, Marcini Howard's funeral was yesterday. Yeah, we had heard heard about Marcini having having passed. A lot of young people. No, that was a rumor. Would you stand with me, please? Today, Lord, we are concerned with decisions that people make and decisions that people do not make. And yet we know that there is and has been an invitation extended. And so today we pray that you will be with us and help us to take full advantage of of the time that you have given us now. We have been given the privilege to enjoy life with the king of glory. We go through the same types of problems everyone else does, but we have the assurance of having the Savior with us. Today, may we take advantage of what we have. May we not neglect to come together as a body of Christ. Now we pray for Brother Joey as he prepares to go home. Thank you for him coming to be able to take care of his aunt. Now, bless him. We look forward to fellowship and the time of being able to stay in contact. And if he's able to return again to this place, we pray that, God, you will bless him to come here again. We just thank you for his spirit, his his relationship with you, his worship. We thank you for what you're doing in his life. Now, bless his family. Bless his wife. Bless those in the Philippines. Bless the ministry there. 
We give you the glory. Now, bless the word. Give us ears to hear. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to read the first 14 verses of Matthew 22, and I will then give you the message title. Some of you may have already seen it as you were driving in. But this is what it says in Matthew 22, beginning at verse number 1. And again, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son and sent his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. Again, he sent other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully and killed them. The king was angry and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw there a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Then the king, <clears throat> then the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and cast him into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. The title of this message is, and I want you to repeat it after me, Rejecting the Royal Invitation. Everyone, Rejecting the Royal Invitation. You must be ready to take decisive action when a special invitation is extended to you. It requires a decisive decision. This is not just an ordinary invitation that has been offered or extended to the guest. But this is a royal invitation. This is an invitation that that one should be most proud to accept. Point number one, reneging on the Invitation followed by cruelty. Reneging on the invitation followed by cruelty. This parable of Jesus is the third in a trio, beginning with the first one in Matthew 21, verse 28. And last week we dealt with the second one, with the tenants, And today is the third. It is a trio. Now, don't forget that Jesus is on his way to the cross. 
and he is still teaching, and he gives this parable as the religious leaders have accosted him and have come against him, and they have been trying their best to find fault with him and destroy him. Each of the parables is dealing with the rejection by the Jews of Jesus and entrance of the Gentiles into the kingdom. Those who had rejected Christ and the offer or the invitation that had been extended to those outside. Now we need to understand something very, very clearly. It is not because there was something special about the Jewish nation that God chose. It was just the fact that he chose them and he made it very clear. And he was going to work through them to reach the world. But God's plan was always everybody. But he chose a group of people. Never think that you are so special that God can't put you aside and you somebody else. Don't think you're so big that, that, that God can't, you know, get by without you. There are some people that say the party can't stop until I come on the scene. That, that's thinking too much of yourself. To be extended a royal invitation is a matter of great honor, yet many people despise being offered a royal invitation. Jesus begins this parable, this third one, and says the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. Now we need to understand that in this parable and in the book of Luke chapter 14, it is not the same parable. This is not the same parable that is spoken of in Luke 14. Two separate parables. Even though Jesus at times will use a similar theme and draw other points from. So when you get home, if you're writing notes, write down Luke 14 and compare that parable to this parable. Now some of you ain't writing. I know that you're not going to do it, but some of you are, and I know you will. But remember Luke 14. In these days... There were two invitations that would go out. They did not have a mail system, a mailing system. They didn't have a mail system as we do today. You didn't just walk down to the mailbox, you know, there and drop something in the mail and say it'll get there in two or three days. When there was an invitation, the invitation was often, um, it was taken by a servant to all of the invited guests, saying there is going to be a banquet. There is going to be a celebration, and you are invited. That was the first invitation, to invite those. That invitation basically would allow the person to accept the invitation, so that when the second invitation came about that everything was ready, they would already be ready to go. This is how it was done in this day. And so you have to realize that in this parable that Jesus tells, when he sends his servants out, there had already gone out an invitation, and the people had already said, yes, we will be there. When there was a great event, it would really be an honor to be invited to a royal event. In fact, if some of you were invited to a royal event, 
I don't care what was on your plate. You put everything off. I was planning to do this, but I've been invited to go here. You would make that a priority. So that's how you need to think about this event here. See, weddings were big in this day. And to have been invited by royalty, a person would do everything possible to put everything aside in order for them to be there. And so when the invitation goes out and the group says, no, this is a great insult after having first said, yes, we'll be there. But in this invitation, we see that there is a spurning of the invitation after agreeing to come. This is not just a small event, but this is a great event. This is a royal event. Some of you would like to go to the White House or the British Museum or the, you go to where the Queen is in Britain and to, be, and to go there. If you were to receive an invitation by the Queen, you say, oh, I've been invited by the Queen. You'd be letting everybody know. But the servants that were sent out, it doesn't even give a, 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 a reason or an explanation why the invited guests said they weren't coming. They just didn't pay them any attention. And so we find the servants. Now get this. The Bible says servants. There's more than one that were sent out to invite them, and they didn't come. Now, this had to puzzle the king. They had initially agreed to this great invitation for my son's wedding. But they said, what? Well, they didn't really give a lot of details. They just turned and said they're not coming. I think one of the things that we have to always Remember, is that when there is an invitation that's given to you, and you agree that you're going to be there, you need to make every decision and every uh, plan to make sure that you follow through. There are times when a person makes a uh, an invitation comes, and a person without really thinking, says, oh, I'll be there, but they really haven't thought through if they really can make it or not. You see, even with this invitation, the people could have said, um, you know, on that day, I'm really not going to be able to make it. It would have been the time at the first invitation to say, I can't be there. Not have it to, uh, to, to say you will be there, and then all of the preparation be made, and you not show up. The king then sends a second delegation. Now this would be most unusual to have a second delegation to go. Now get this. This would be the third. The first invitation would say you are invited. The second invitation would say everything is ready. Because of this you have to keep in mind that when that first invitation went and people agreed the second invitation would be that the people are waiting and they are expecting for the call at any time. They don't know when it's going to come. They're just waiting for that second invitation that says, okay, everything is ready, come, and they would then drop everything. That's how it worked, but they didn't do it. And now the king says, now I'm going to send you. You go and invite them to come. 
Now that's the graciousness of the king to have for the third time his servants go and extend the invitation. Now I need you to note something. Throughout this passage, you'll note that the servants are mentioned constantly. And not one time do you see the servants ever complaining about following the directions or the dictates of the king who's asking them to go. They go and they perform their duty. Do you not know it really does not make a difference how people respond to you? If the invitation by the king was given to you to go, if he says go, you have obeyed him, your blessing and your reward is not going to be minimized. Based on the results of whether they come or not, it is not based on that. It is simply based on your obedience. Sometimes people think I'm going to be blessed because I got a large crowd. I got all these other things happening. No, it's based on obedience. And so these servants, they go in obedience to the king. And so the king tells the servants that go, he says, now now tell the group that my fattened calves have been butchered and everything is prepared. The table is spread. The only thing you need to do is come and enjoy. Nothing they have to do but show up. And the servant, one, goes off to his farm. Another goes off to his business. And then they take some of the other servants and mistreat them and even kill some of them. Um, Why would rudeness be shown to a most generous act? An offer of a royal invitation. Why would they act this way? Who heard of a person taking another person and killing them because they received a royal invitation? One has to ponder what's going on that a person goes to the expense of providing all the details, all of the wonderful blessings for his sons, his wedding banquet, and you've been invited, and then take the servants and mistreat them. It was disrespectful enough to renege on the agreement that you made before. But these servants, they did it anyway. And now they have gone and taken the servants some of them, and have killed them. The king has every right to be angry. He has every right to be angry. And now I want you to know what the king does. He says, I'm going to send my army and destroy them. Now get this. This is the Lord telling this parable to the leaders that are there. This is a direct, it is believed, A direct judgment that deals with the destruction of Jerusalem in A.D. 70 against the Jews by Titus. You see, there there was a a rebellion against the the Lord. And the Lord in this chapter says that he's going to send his army and burn their city. This is a, I believe, a fulfillment 
of prophecy. Now, we need to note this, point number two. A new invitation sent out. That's Matthew 22, 8 through 10. One hardly finds at a royal event everyone being off the street or not on the invited list. This king tells his servants, go to the roadway and invite everybody you find and see. Notice that the king gives specific instructions to the servants about where to go and what to say. Go where you will find a lot of people from all walks of life, all groups of people, all nationalities. Everyone's going to be traveling on that main road. This is where you are to go and invite them. Get me now. You will note that they that those that were invited were said to be in the passage unworthy. They weren't worthy. He said they're not worthy. What does that word mean? According to Dr. Butler and others, is that that word worthy means weight. Something that is of, of has a weight to it. So unworthy would mean that something that does not have weight. So back in these days, things were measured on scales. So if something was unworthy, it means that it didn't have an equal balance to balance out the other end. You put something on the one side, but there's not equal weight on the other to make it balance out. Get me? It, it, it was something when the person is worthy, there is weight to it. But this group was not considered to be worthy. Can you imagine what these people must have been thinking that were invited from the streets? They probably said, me? <laughs> really? I, I get to go to, to, the, to the palace? Do you not see sometimes those kids where they'll do something special for kids with leukemia or some kids with special needs? They may have a, a professional basketball player or a famous person go, and they walk into the room, and that person, that little kid's face just lights up. Or, or you see a person that... that um, it's been invited to a place, and they come in, and they're kind of just looking all around and, and, and taking in all the sights because they know that they really don't belong there. But they're taking it all in. This is the group that is sent for. That would be you and me on those streets that have been invited to a great banquet, one of royalty. Now, you also need to note that when these banquets were given, that the king not only supplied all of the food, but you also need to note a couple of things. Number one, I want you to note is that these banquets oftentimes would last for days, sometimes even for weeks. There's some banquets that even last up to a half a year. But, but imagine just weeks. I mean, when we get done after a full meal, after well, about an hour, so we time to go. But the king would provide all of the details, all of the meal, and all the festivities. And not only that, he would supply the garment that they are to be in. You see, because there would be many people that would be coming from various walks and the king being royal, he would have a garment for them to be entered or to be put on them and they would then be ushered in. 
And so it wasn't uncommon to have everybody looking and dressed the same because of various things. So the king, it was a great honor to have the king's garment placed upon you. And so in this new invitation that is sent out, we have the servants that come back and says that the house, the banquet room is full. Now when they would all be uh, given this garment and put on, and, and that would be put on them and they would be seated, then the king would enter. The pomp and circumstance of the king, all the eyes would be then on the king. But when the king came in, the Bible notes that he saw a guest there that didn't have on the garment. Brings us to our third and final point, and I'll be closing. A guest without the proper attire. A guest without the proper attire. If you're going to be in the presence of royalty, you need to be dressed up. You've seen those movies when a person has been on the streets and they've been, you know, hair all over the face, hair all over the place on the head if they have any coats. Just, yeah, yeah, me and Brother George can laugh at that. <laughs> Brother Ronnie, too. <laughs> I can name several people else. Brother Kevin, you ain't far off the scene. <laughs> But, but, but when, we, when we look at this matter here, to be in the presence of royalty, being clothed, one has to remember that I'm in the presence of the king, and therefore I can't just come anyway. And so in these movies you will see, they would take that person to the barbershop, and you see them shaving and cutting their hair and getting all ready. And then... The next thing you have them in the suit, you say, that can't be the same person. That can't be the same one. Yes, it is. And so this is what you can imagine as a, people are getting ready. They're coming before the king. They have to be prepared to be in the presence of the king. But you see, it's the king that provides the garment. So the king notices that in this banquet hall, of all the guests, there's one person that sticks out. And the king notices him or her and says, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? There is a question specifically asked of this guest, how did you get here? The Bible makes an interesting statement is that the person was speechless. Now, now many people, well, this is how it happened. He was speechless. Why? Because it implies that he refused to accept the gift of the garment that was offered to him before entering the banquet hall. He must have told the one, no thank you, I'm okay as I am. He denied the garment. You see, anyone that is invited to the king's presence and to royalty have to accept the clothing that he offers. Everyone who refused to be clothed by the king 
stood to be cast out because it is an act of rebellion. You see, you cannot come in your own righteousness to God. This is a picture we can say of Jesus that needs to clothe us. And when the Father comes in, he needs to see everyone clothed with the righteousness of the Almighty God. And yet this person somehow comes in and thinks that he's going to be able to stay in his own garment and stand on his own. The Bible says that he was told, that the servants were told, bind him hand and foot and cast him into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. A picture of eternity. How did this man get in there? The Bible then says many are called. But few are chosen. You see, the invitation goes out to many. The invitation goes out. But there are many people who don't respond, who spurn and reject the invitation by royalty. So many are called and the invitation goes out, but few are chosen and make it in because they are willing to allow the Holy Spirit to do the work on the inside. That's why when the offer comes to accept the Lord and one keeps putting it off, it just simply hardens the heart so that eventually a person can't even respond. Do you not know you don't know when that time will come, when, when, when the time is that I'm ready to respond, but yet you can't? There are some people who get to their deathbed and they're still saying, no. I don't want his garment. I don't want to be clothed by the king. What, what is it about us that, that we would try and prefer to stand before the royalty, the almighty, in our own tainted garment? When he has given us and offered us his garment, and all we have to do is accept. Think about this. There's nothing that you can do to earn a marriage or salvation. The invitation goes out. Come to the banquet. There's nothing that you can bring. No food. Do you need to, I need to bring anything? A chicken leg? No, no, no. Everything is already prepared. My fattened calf has already been killed. All you got to do is come and eat. Just come. And then, then, you, then the invitation goes and you say, no, no. But then those that come says, I, I'm at the door, but you know, I, I really don't need Jesus. I think I'm okay with God. This is what I do. I do pretty good. I don't hurt nobody. I, I, don't, I treat everybody right. I, I do pretty good myself. I don't think I need Jesus. Look at me. I think he'll look at me and say, you've been a pretty good person. Well, the Bible says that when they went, they went and called the good and the bad. It said, everybody comes. So when you say good and bad, that included you on the road that the king sent his servants to and invited to come to the banquet. And I bet that person that was at the table on gar who didn't have his garment was one of those individuals saying, I'm a pretty good person. I can stand before the king in my own righteousness. The Bible says that he was, the servants were told, bind him hand and foot, 
and throw him into outer darkness. What you going to say? Uh, well, Lord, I know the invitation was there. And I'll close with this. It has been pressed upon my heart this week with the deaths that have occurred in this community and even other places. Let me just say this. I was reminded, as I've told you just recently, through the prayer that the Lord says, so told me when I was praying for people going through, let them hear the word of God. Praying for miracles. Oh, God, do a miracle. Stop me in my tracks. Let them go hear the word of the Lord. That's the message. Some people are praying for miracles for their family members to be saved. That's not the call. It's not a miracle. It's that they will hear the word of the Lord. The Lord has already given his word. That's the method that he's using. It is that they would repent and be clothed with his righteousness. That's what he's honoring. Now, there are some may have a special, God may do something special, but they're going to have to hear the word of God. That's what people need to hear, and that's how God is working. So if people are saying, I'm waiting for something to strike me, it ain't more than likely going to happen. They can get to the church to hear the word of God. It's the word that saves, changes lives. And it's the word that allows your faith to be strengthened. Faith comes by the hearing and the preaching of the word of God. And if they don't hear the word of God, they don't hear God. People are saying, I'm hearing from God on my own. That ain't the truth. God does not contradict his word. He honors his word and he confirms his word. It is the word of God that he's given. And he sent his word and gave his word to us. The invitation is, are you ready to be clothed in his garment? Are you, a, are you willing to, to allow his garment to be placed on you in order for you to go into that great banquet? Today is the time would you bow your heads, please, with me. Today, some of you have been waiting a long time. Is there anybody in this place that says, I've seen what's been happening. I don't want to take the chance to be in eternity. I've never accepted the Lord. Lord, I want to be clothed with the righteousness of Jesus. Is there anyone today who's willing and wanting that to be the case? I says, I, I'm willing. You're willing to raise your hands. I'll pray for you, talk with you. Anybody in this place says, yep, I'm ready. It's time. It's time. It's time. Yes, yes, yes. It's time. Would you stand to your feet, please? I'll contact the person. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. What, what happens? I want to take a couple of minutes after church for the person that raised their hand. I see you. I'm going to take you in the back. I want to speak with you. You know who you are, see you. I want to spend some time with you. If you are okay with God, you are saying, Lord, I'm fine walking out of this church today, going about my business because my business is clear with you. That's what you're saying today. 
My business is clear. Lord, in this place today, we want to thank you for the hand that was raised. Today we are praying that people that are saying, I'm okay, that Lord, inspection will be done. We recognize that you provide everything, even the faith that we have, because you've given everyone a measure of faith. (laughs) And then you stir that faith. You do the work of regeneration in us. You're the one that brings us to salvation. We can't take credit for any of it. Not our decision. It's what the Lord does. The work that you do in us. And so we pray today that God, you will be honored. You will be glorified. You will be praised. And you will be blessed. Save, Lord, in this community. May people not continue to put a, to, to have a deaf ear to the word of God. May there be a healing. We give you the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name.